Bonus podcast here for fantasy football today. We'll get right to it. Antonio Brown released by the New England Patriots after one game with eight targets and 56 yards and a touchdown on four catches. Uh, Yeah, he had eight targets in one game. Josh Gordon had nine targets so far in two games. Welcome to fantasy football today. Uh, So, Jamie, how you doing? Wonderful. How are you? (laughs) Ready to go home and start your weekend? Uh, No. No, there's there's no weekends in football. Season. I guess not. Yeah, Antonio Brown. We are reacting to it, and we're not going to make light of the situation. It was, you know, obviously very serious. And I guess my first question is, is he worth rostering still in fantasy leagues? Not in seasonal leagues. I can't imagine the team is going to sign him. Um, our colleague Pete Prisco uh, said that he spoke to several general managers before Brown was signed by the Patriots after the release from the Raiders and. They said there was no chance that they would touch him. He was surprised that anybody would. So, you know, under the circumstances now that we have this looming investigation from the NFL, I can't imagine that he's going to be signed. He went from a situation where he was going to make $30 million from the Raiders to $15 million from the Patriots to now nothing. It's an un- yeah. unbelievable. Uh, it's been crazy. It, it really has been crazy. And if you just look at it from a fantasy standpoint, and, and just two things real quick. One, uh, we already recorded the mailbag with Ben. So if you hear that show, there's no Antonio Brown talk because we didn't know about it at the time. Two, when I ask, you know, is he worth rostering? I'm leaving all of your moral uh, decisions and whether or not you want to roster a guy like Antonio Brown based on the allegations. No proof, but allegations. So I'm leaving that out of this equation. Well, so. I, I, just I mean, fantasy. take that. Take- I understand what you're saying, but I just don't see him being signed. I agree. I, mean, I agree. I, I just wanted to say, I, I didn't want anybody to be like, how could you even ask a question like that? He's not worth rostering. I'm going to let no, individuals. It's, it's a fantasy show. I think our audience yeah. is smart enough to understand why you're asking that question. I think so most I, of them I, are, I, yeah. And, and and look, there there are, take it a step further, because keeper leagues, dynasty leagues, you know, those are the decisions you have to make. It's the same decisions you had to make last year when Kareem Hunt was released, you know, before we knew a team would sign him. Uh, my guess is that he's probably played his last down in the NFL because he's a 31-year-old receiver that's going to command a high price tag, but you never know. And he looked good in the game against the Patriots. I would imagine he still has something left in the tank that could help a team. But given the off-the-field circumstances, the off-the-field drama, I mean, think about what the Patriots have gone through of all franchises in the last 11 days since signing him and the questions they've had to ask and the upset nature of Bill Belichick and how he's had to compose himself, you know, for a guy that doesn't like to be in front of the media to begin with, and he's walking out of press conferences. Um, this was, uh, this was, I think, a, a good move on their part because they don't need Antonio Brown. So I, I think from an under, another NFL franchise taking the chance on him, I just don't see it. So I don't think it's worth it for your fantasy team. And I, I definitely think there's a scenario where Antonio Brown doesn't play again. I also think we don't know how this is going to play out. So in dynasty leagues, don't drop him. As Jamie said, in, in you know redraft league, yes, dynasty league, he might, he maybe he'll take a one-year prove-it deal. Maybe this, maybe the allegations don't end up being um, substantiated. We just don't know. So anyway, it was look at the rest of the Patriots here as they get ready for the Jets. Did you adjust your week three rankings yet? I did. I, you know, I did it quickly just to you know take Antonio Brown out. So I moved. I didn't really move them dramatically. In non-PPR, uh, I have Gordon ahead of Edelman just because of the touchdown potential. So they're both in the uh, early 20s. You know, so Gordon is like 17, 18, and um, Edelman's right behind him. But I, I could see a scenario where I move them up over the, the course of the next couple of hours. And in PPR, Edelman is back to a borderline number one guy. 
and Gordon is just outside the the number two range. But there's so many good receivers this week. It's it's just splitting hairs where they are ranked. You're starting them. <laughs> you you said early twenties, but you meant like before the twenties, right? Because you what said you, you said like early twenties, seventeen, eighteen. Uh, well, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm the, I, I, in the last hour, I've gotten thrown so many different things in my direction now. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, no problem. I, my immediate reaction was like, oh, well, Josh Gordon and, and, and Julian Edelman just got a hell of a lot more valuable overall rest of season. Oh, of rest of right. season for sure. Obvious you know, if, reaction uh, there. If anybody over the last, you know, 11 days since Brown became a member of the Patriots sold Edelman or sold Gordon and sold them low you probably benefited, you know, so the person that bought in uh, Julian Edelman or bought Josh Gordon is, is probably pretty happy right now because yeah, it should be good. And, you know, I've seen in a bunch of leagues, certainly the, uh, the analyst leagues that we do, the race to get Philip Dorsett has been on because you saw in week one, what he could be, um, you know, it's not going to be a week to week thing with him, but you know, 95 yards and two touchdowns. This is why I didn't think they needed Antonio Brown because not that Philip Dorsett's better than him, but this is this was a luxury for them. You know, the, this was a, a a player that was going to make them better, but they didn't necessarily need to fill that role. And so Dorsett's numbers will be, you know, decent as a number three receiver in deeper leagues. Sure, I guess that right. Dorsett's kind of interesting because he's available. He caught a touchdown in week one. He actually two. going. He caught two touchdowns. That's right. He only had four targets. He caught all four of them. He caught two touchdowns. So that means going back to week seventeen. Uh, that game plus three postseason games plus week one, Philip Dorsett had five touchdowns in five games. Uh, he did not have a catch in the Super Bowl, but he had a touchdown in each of the three games before that, week 17 and then the two playoff games before the Super Bowl. So he's, you know, I, I haven't picked him up anywhere, but could right could be a number three receiver you're saying for Dorsett? Yeah, and, and look, if you have Antonio Brown on your roster, that's an easy guy to to pivot to if he's the the best player available. You know, there there are a lot of other receivers that we've talked about over the last, you know, ten days or so. Um, if if either of the two Chiefs guys are still available, Demarcus Robinson or Michael Hardman, uh, Debo Samuel is available in a lot of leagues as the potential number one guy for the 49ers. Uh, Terry McLaurin, if he's still available for Washington, uh, you know, if you extend it a little bit deeper, we've had some news. I don't know if you and Ben talked about it, but Deontay Johnson as yeah. now a starting receiver for the Steelers, you know, for what that's worth. He is only owned in 2% of leagues. Uh, you know, we'll come to to Monday, uh, excuse me, to Tuesday, you know, once we get to the next waiver period, and DJ Chark is owned in like 60% of leagues. He's obviously played really well. So let's say you could pick Devin up... Devin Smith, let, Randall Cobb, you know, th- those guys are out there too. Let's say you could pick up Deontay Johnson or or Philip Dorsett. Who are you taking? I'd probably take a chance on, on Dorsett first, okay. just because of the quarterback situation in Pittsburgh. All right, like, just- the yeah. number three guy in Pittsburgh is probably better than the number two guy. Number three guy in New England is better than the number two guy in Pittsburgh. Are we back to where we started? I mean, I think we are. Tom Brady is a low-end number one quarterback. Josh Gordon, or Julian Edelman is in PPR a borderline number one or a high-end number two. And Josh Gordon is a number two receiver in, in non-PPR and two-three in PPR, basically. Yeah, I think so. You know, I, 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 I you might be a little bit more... Or, or, I maybe should be a little bit more optimistic with Brady because, you know, what we saw from him in week one, I don't know if it's that's true. going to be the norm. <laughs> he carved them up 341 yards and three touchdowns against Pittsburgh. It's, it's still a, you know, it went from just, if you just go full circle with the Patriots receiving core from where they started right before the NFL draft to where they are right now, it's still a huge improvement, you know, from, from where they were with Edelman, Nikhil Harry, Maurice Harris, you know, Dontrell Inman to, and Demarius Thomas 
to now having, you know, a hundred percent out of Josh Gordon and, and Philip Dorsett at the time, you know, just, I guess it's just Josh Gordon still changing the tenor of what it was, but uh, they're going to get Ben Watson back in a couple of weeks. We'll see what that does for them at the tight end position. If he's able to uh, produce at, at any semblance of a, a productive level. And, you know, this helps James White too, you know, he'll be, you know, a significant roll out of the backfield as a pass catcher. Okay. And I, and just, the reason why I was so high on Josh Gordon before the Antonio Brown trade, he played three games without Gronkowski last year, had 100 yards, 130 yards, and a touchdown, and 81 yards. He had 7, 9, and 12 targets. I know he only had five targets in week one, but I expect a pretty big role from him, and I expect a pretty good season from, from Josh Gordon. Um, that said, you know, people are probably very excited about Josh Gordon. So, like, I made a trade offer of Josh Gordon for David Montgomery in the podcast league, 14-team PPR. I made that offer, obviously, before the Antonio Brown news, and it got rejected. And now I wonder, I wonder that if that's a more fair trade at this point. You know, I'd Very still, sick. right? But I'd still take Montgomery. But now, like, if you have doubts about Gordon or whatever, like, stocks up and people know it. So, you know, it wouldn't be a bad time to offer him for a buy low running back or something like that. Well, sure. You know, and and in Gordon's case in particular, you know, hopefully he plays 16 games. But we saw last year everything seemed to be fine. And then his, you know, personal situation yeah, got right. back in in the way, unfortunately, and, and he wasn't able to finish the season. So, you know, I, I, I hope that he plays 16 games. And if he does, like you said, he was averaging uh, 100 yards per game in the three games that, that Gronk wasn't there. So there's a lot to like about him. There's a lot to love about Edelman again. And, oh, yeah. you know, I, I, I think, you know, just in terms of Brady, I wouldn't panic that he's all of a sudden going to fall off just because Antonio Brown's not there. I wonder if has he moved ahead of... Jared Goff. He's definitely moved ahead of Cam Newton, you'd have to say. Has he moved ahead of Jared Goff? Yeah, I think so. You know, um, that may not be the case by the end of the year. You know, maybe we see, you know, Goff flip his season a little bit. You know, where last year he was off to the great start and then struggled to the finish line because he didn't have Cooper Cup, which I think impacted things. But I think the Rams are still feeling their way through this, you know, with not playing in the preseason and getting cut back and not knowing what Gurley's going to be. So, um, but yeah, for right now, I would take him over over uh, over golf you know you can make an argument that if Carson Wentz doesn't have his top two receivers he might be better than Carson Wentz for the foreseeable future um you know he's behind Dak and 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 Lamar Jackson but that's not saying much because those guys have been awesome and are better than most of the quarterbacks on the table so you know he's uh he's in that top 10 um of of quarterbacks and and I think he's not a bad sell high candidate if you picked him up as a second guy just because, you know, we've seen from Brady is get off to a good start. Or, you know, usually it's the yeah, slow yeah. start, strong middle, um, you know, do what they have to do to win just at, at the end. And so if you think maybe the the big stretch is coming, ride it out. And then when you get to the middle of October, early November, maybe you sell them. Last question. Do they go back to being more of a running team? And does that make you more interested in Rex Burkhead? I don't think it's a bad idea to pick up Rex Burkhead either way because he'll still catch some passes too. So, you know, he's the hybrid r- running back for them, you know, where Michelle is strictly running downs, White is basically strictly passing downs, and, and Rex does a little bit of both. But um, I think we saw what they want to be is they, they, this game I think is going to come out and uh, we don't need Antonio Brown. So I wouldn't be surprised if they just thrash the, the Jets through the air and maybe Dorsett, who, you know, we've talked all week. Uh, not only on our podcast, but on CBS Sports HQ about Nelson Aguilar kind of being the free space. I wonder if you could make a case for Philip Dorsett as well, just because he's going to be so cheap and, you know, all it takes is one touchdown. So if you're talking about a third receiver or your flex or whatever, he's not a bad, bad play. But um, 
you know, I, I think it's it's kind of just rewind to what it was before, you know, he got Antonio Brown got the text. I'm free. I'm free. He's running around his backyard. And then we find out five hours later that he's on the Patriots. Rewind back to that time and how we thought of this yeah, team. Right. And that's essentially what it is. Yeah. OK, great. Jamie, thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good weekend. Get it started right now. <clears throat> uh, we will talk to you while well, you hear the Saturday mailbag, which again was recorded before this Antonio Brown news. Uh, for Jamie, I'm Adam. See ya. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com.